98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, at least ten people are killed by Japan's most powerful storm in a quarter of a century. There are calls for better child protection laws after a father is jailed for abusing his newborn daughter and trains on the West Rail are getting back to normal after a train broke down this morning. The airport authority says 27 flights to Japan's Kansai airport are cancelled today as the airport remains closed following a major storm yesterday. Jebi, the most powerful typhoon to hit Japan in a quarter of a century, has killed at least 10 people. Timmy Sung reports. Thousands of people have been stranded at the region's Kansai International Airport after the typhoon swept a two-and-a-half-thousand-ton tanker anchored in Osaka Bay into the only bridge connecting the mainland to the airport. Authorities arranged a boat surface to ferry stranded passengers to nearby Kobe this morning. The executive director of the Travel Industry Council, Alice Chen, says four tour groups stranded in Osaka will leave the country via either Tokyo or Nagoya today and tomorrow. The CEO of Worldwide Package, Yun Chenning, meanwhile, said they had about six tour groups there, but their trips were not affected. He said Kansai Airport was expected to be shut until at least Friday, and airlines would instead fly to nearby Nagoya Airport. In Hong Kong, 27 flights to Kansai Airport were cancelled. Airlines, including Cafe Pacific and Hong Kong Airlines, said they would waive rebooking fees for affected passengers. A cafe spokesman said last night the airline would try to find alternative flights for passengers in Osaka once airport and ground links have reopened. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Cheung has called for a review of the law on willful assault to better protect children. Yesterday, a father was jailed for more than six years for shaking and slapping his newborn daughter, leaving her vision impaired and on life support. The director of the Hong Kong Society for the Protection of Children, Susan Choi, also supports a review, but says other actions to better identify high-risk cases are just as important. Sometimes the right legislation is one of the prevention tools, but I think you can need other prevention, like more aggressive identification of risky cases, more follow-up, a better communication between departments and a better referral system, uh, more service expertise and school teachers' expertise in early identification intervention. The MTR Corporation says a train that broke down near Namchong Station has finally been removed from the tracks and West Rail train services are gradually resuming. The faulty Tunmun-bound train forced the suspension of services between Meifu and Austin stations for more than an hour. The rail operator said it would inspect the faulty train. The disruption meant trains between Hongham and Austin and Meifu and Tunmun were running at eight-minute intervals. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has called on people from the Pearl River Delta to try taking the high-speed rail to Hong Kong as she attends a forum in Guangzhou. Mrs Lam said the Hong Kong section will open in 18 days and will greatly shorten the distance between Hong Kong and Guangzhou. The Civic Party has protested outside the Myanmar consulate to demand the release of two jailed reporters. Two Reuters journalists were sentenced to seven years behind bars for violating a state secrets act when reporting on the Rohingya crisis. The seven Civic Party protesters were met with closed doors as they headed to the consulate office in Wan Chai. Lawmaker Kwok Kaki was one of them. He says he told the office that he wanted to hand in a petition letter to the Myanmar consul general. This is a shame on the consulate and a shame on the Myanmar government. It reflects how they feel. They feel they are the criminal. They are the one who, you know, take away thousands of lives in Myanmar. And as criminal, perhaps they refuse to act. 
The High Court has dismissed an application from the aunt of Youngspiration member Sixtus Leung to join him in his legal challenge against having mainland immigration services at the West Kowloon Express rail terminus. Doris Leung says she wants to file evidence in the judicial review that her nephew, who is disqualified as a lawmaker due to his improper oath-taking, should still be treated as a legislator. But Judge Thomas Owl said Ms Leung is not a party in the case and Mr Leung's disqualification is irrelevant. He said her request was without merit and an abusive process. The World Health Organization has warned that more than a quarter of the world's population are at risk of serious disease because they're not active enough. A WHO study published in the journal Lancet Global Health analyzed data from nearly 2 million participants. It found very little improvement in activity levels between 2001 and 2016. Dr Fiona Ball is one of the report's authors. The benefits from physical activity are enormous and and most importantly they start with the prevention of chronic disease, the cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, stroke, diabetes and cancer and by being active we can reduce our risk of those and they are very important uh, diseases to avoid. South Korean envoys are visiting Pyongyang to plan for a third summit later this month between President Moon Jae-in and the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Attempts to get the North to abandon its nuclear weapons program appear to be stalling. President Trump called off a planned visit by his Secretary of State to North Korea last month, blaming a lack of progress on the nuclear issue. President Trump has dismissed a new book which he which claims he ordered the Pentagon to arrange the assassination of the Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad. The book's author, the veteran journalist Bob Woodward, said the Defence Secretary James Mattis told him Mr Trump made the demand after a chemical attack in Syria last year. But Mr Trump says the book is a con on the public. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. It details how senior aides tried to prevent Donald Trump from wielding his presidential pen, hiding official documents from his desk to stop him withdrawing the United States from the NAFTA Free Trade Agreement and ignoring his suggestion to assassinate the Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad. It quotes the White House Chief of Staff John Kelly describing the president as unhinged. He's an idiot. It's pointless to try to convince him of anything. He's gone off the rails. We're in crazy town. The White House claims the book is nothing more than fabricated stories, many by former disgruntled employees. President Trump's nominee for the US Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, has stressed his belief in impartiality at a chaotic confirmation hearing before a Senate committee. Responding to suggestions that he'd make the Supreme Court more conservative, he said it should never be viewed as a partisan institution and lavished praise on Mr Trump. As a judge and as a citizen, I was deeply impressed by the president's careful attention to the nomination process and by his thorough consideration of potential nominees. I'm also very grateful for his courtesy. At the White House on the night of the announcement, the president and Mrs. Trump were very gracious to my daughters, my wife and my parents. Before Judge Kavanaugh spoke, protesters shouting their opposition to his appointment were removed and Democrat senators repeatedly demanded the hearing be postponed. The United Nations has urged Russia and Turkey to act urgently to prevent a bloodbath in the rebel-held Syrian province of Idlib. Air raids have reportedly killed at least nine civilians. There are signs that Syrian government forces are preparing an offensive in the region. The United States' ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, said the US would act if Syria used chemical weapons against its own people. What you are seeing is the president saying to Iran, Russia and Assad, don't go there. 
we're not going to accept it. It's not okay. What you're saying from us and the fact that the Security Council wants to talk about it is do not let a chemical weapons attack happen on the people of Idlib. The people of Syria have been through too much. Donald Trump says the sports giant Nike is sending a terrible message with adverts featuring Colin Kaepernick, the American football player who led a protest by kneeling during the U.S. national anthem. The adverts have been criticised online, as the BBC's Charlotte Gallagher reports. People have posted footage on social media that shows them burning their Nike trainers and clothing. The country singer John Rich has got involved too, tweeting a photo of a pair of socks with the brand's logo hacked off. But others have expressed support, including the tennis star Serena Williams and the former director of the CIA, John Brennan. It's unlikely the protests will have a long-lasting negative effect. The story has generated a huge amount of publicity and branding experts say Nike will have researched the likely backlash and decided to just do it. Investigators from the International Chemical Weapons Watchdog say the toxic chemical that killed a British woman near Salisbury in July was the same nerve agent used to poison a former Russian spy and his daughter. The OPCW said it confirmed the findings of the UK. Argentina's finance minister, Nicolás Dujovny, says he hopes the International Monetary Fund will approve the early release of emergency funds in the second half of September to avert a financial crisis. Mr Dujovny was speaking after a meeting with the head of the IMF, Christine Lagarde. The BBC's Daniel Gallas reports from Buenos Aires. The IMF said progress was made in reaching a deal that will see Argentina get financial help sooner. But that could take a few days to sort out... A deal must first be reached and then voted by the IMF's executive board. So far, no time frame has been given. Argentina is in a hurry to get the loan. The country's currency has lost half of its value this year. And on Tuesday, had the Argentinian central bank not intervened, the peso could have had another big fall. Amazon has become the second U.S. company to reach a stock market value of a trillion U.S. dollars. Last month, Apple reached the same milestone. Here's the BBC's Kim Gittleson. In 1994, Jeff Bezos started selling books on the Internet from his garage in Seattle. Now, over two decades later, the company he founded, Amazon, captures nearly half of every dollar Americans spend online. While the company has long been the market leader in terms of e-commerce, for most of its history as a public company, Amazon consistently lost money. Today, it's one of the most profitable companies on Wall Street, earning over $2 billion last quarter. And as for Mr. Bezos? Well, he's now worth more than Microsoft's Bill Gates and Warren Buffett combined. Local blue chips have dropped, leading falls in the region on fears that U.S. tariffs on another 200 billion U.S. dollars worth of Chinese goods could take effect later this week. Shares of China Telecom and China Unicom Hong Kong have both retreated after the telecom carriers say they've not received any notice about a possible merger between the two firms. Shares of iCable Communications plunged more than 16% after the television and telecom service provider said it has no definitive fundraising plan. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 27,503. That's 473 points down on the previous close. Market turnover was $48.1 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.52 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 9 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Chung. 
We start with tennis at the U.S. Open, where Rafael Nadal is in a tough match against Dominic Team in the quarterfinals. Team is seeking revenge for a straight sets loss to Nadal in the French Open final, and the Austrian came out firing by taking the first set six love. Nadal has since fought back, and he's up two sets to one. They are playing deep in the fourth set. The winner of this match will face the 2009 champion Juan Martin Del Potro. Who needed four sets to get past John Isner? In the women's draw, Serena Williams reached the last four after recovering from a shaky start against Karolina Pliskova. The 23-time Grand Slam champion turned things around by winning eight straight games in a 6-4, 6-3 victory. Her semi-final opponent will be the Latvian number 19 seed Anastasia Sevastova, who ousted defending champion Sloane Stephens with a surprise 6-2, 6-3 win. On to golf, Tiger Woods is returning to the Ryder Cup as a player for the first time in six years. The 14-time major champion is one of three wildcard selections made by U.S. captain Jim Furyk. The U.S. team will defend their trophy against Europe in Paris later this month. Here's the BBC's Ian Carter. Woods is back in the Ryder Cup for the first time since 2012. His selection, which was expected, caps a remarkable return from injury. He's been one of the most consistent Americans this year and was runner-up at the PGA Championship. Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau were also selected by skipper Jim Furyk. Next, it's Thomas Bjorn's turn with Ian Poulter, Paul Casey, Henrik Stenson, and Sergio Garcia or Rafa Cabrera Bello, the favourites to be selected for Europe. On to football news. Jose Peckerman has stepped down as coach of Colombia after six years in charge. The Argentine decided not to renew his contract less than two months after leading Colombia to the knockout stage of the World Cup. In 2014, Peckerman led the country to their first World Cup in 16 years when the team reached the quarterfinals in Brazil. He got Colombia into the World Cup again in Russia, where they were knocked out in the round of 16 by England on penalties. Elsewhere in football, Scotland have qualified for the FIFA Women's World Cup for the first time. Germany, Norway, and Sweden also book their places in France next year after the final qualifying matches. The European champions Netherlands, Denmark, Belgium, and Switzerland will have to go through a playoff to secure a spot from Europe. England, Italy, and Spain had already qualified for the tournament. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And when the news, the top stories once again. At least ten people are killed by Japan's most powerful storm in a quarter of a century. There are calls for better child protection laws after a father is jailed for abusing his newborn daughter, and trains on the West Rail are getting back to normal after a train broke down this morning. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah.